Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and psychic and author Ms. Aida, author of Who Do Justice Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, Monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And monthly co-host Kath Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. And this episode is also sponsored by tarotbyginger.com. That's ginger at tarotbyginger.com. And if you are interested in contributing to the show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Ms. Aida, author of Who Do Justice Magic. Thanks for coming back on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, what have you been working on lately? Lately, I'm working on a secret project. (laughs) (laughs) And hopefully, it'll be out within a couple of weeks. I hope so. Fantastic. So uh, I'm always working on on some sort of a, a book, always. <laughs> <laughs> so how how's the feedback uh, been with uh, Who Do Justice Magic since it's come out? Because I first interviewed you last time, it had just been released. It's it's pretty good. I'm I'm getting good reviews um, on Amazon. I only had one negative review and all it said was blah. And (laughs) I looked up the person and it's like, Oh, I know who this is. I saw all their purchases Mm -hmm. and I went, "Uh ah, I know who this is. So all in all, I'm getting really great reviews on Hoodoo Justice Magic. And I stumbled upon a couple so far that um, have either blogs or magazines and they have given me, given the book, fabulous reviews. <clears throat> Hoodoo Justice Magic is a book on um, righteous vindication. And when I say righteous, mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that um, you have to seek revenge on everybody. Everybody that upsets you, everybody that pisses you off, it's, it's, they've they've got to be extenuating circumstances. And there's over 109 spells. There's spells to send people away. There's spells to, um, shut them up. There's spells to, um, bind them from doing any more harm. Um, there are actually cursing and crossing spells there. There are spells to break up relationships and, you know, I'll elaborate on that too. But, um, there are also prayers and I've listed saints that you can go to for help, Catholic saints. Mm-hmm. And there are also prayers in the Old Testament of the Christian Bible and the Hebrew Bible. There's Psalms 
There are psalms designed specifically for cursing somebody. But again, you have to be justified. So if you tell me that you hate me and you think I'm ugly and you say all these horrible things to me, I'm not justified to ever hurt you, ever, right? But if you're trying to take away my job, I can certainly try to bind you. I can certainly try to make you go away. Um, as far as breakup spells, the only time I advocate for breakup spells is if um, the marriage isn't good. So I'll give you an example. And I don't talk about this example in in my book hoodoo justice magic i do talk about it in my book destroying relationships mm -hmm. but there was this girl and she was like so ugly and so rude and so nasty i'm gonna tell you how nasty she is she actually shocked herself you know those deep defibrillators that you ever see on tv they go you know having a heart attack man you know patients in in ventricular fibrillation defib okay defibrillate or they'll say defib right and they try to shock the person so that the heart will be stimulated and beat again she takes a defibrillator, puts it on low, shocks herself with it. <clears throat> now she sues a hospital, <laughs> right? She makes a deal. Now she only has an associate's degree, right? You got to have a master's degree to, to, um, to get into upper administration. Mm -hmm. You make me a director and I won't sue you. So she's walking around the hospital with an associate's degree and she's a director. Hmm. So we had this one physician that was super duper nice, super duper nice, really good looking, always came in happy go lucky, always uh, sharing jokes with us, happily married, has children, right? Next thing you know, he dumps his wife and children for her, marries her. To make a long story short, he ended up hanging himself and left a note about demons. I am positive that she did magic on him. I'm positive because this woman was totally disgusting and was nothing like him. In fact, I saw them at a party. You know, I have a bad temper, right? And I was married to a board member. She's married to a doctor, you know, big deal. So I said hello to her and she said, don't speak to me. You're no longer in my league. <laughs> <laughs> I blew up, right? And uh, the doctor comes running. Aida, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's trying Stop me from like, I know I'm with all these fancy schmancy people, but I want to kick her ass. Right. I should have done a breakup spell on them for his own good. Because you know what? 
he wouldn't probably wouldn't be dead today. So these are the type of breakup spells that I advocate for. I do not advocate, and I have this in my book, I do not advocate for breakup spells if one of the partners is physically abusive. Because breakup spells usually call for a lot of fighting and a lot of arguing. And when that occurs, what is the abusive person going to do? Right? They're going to, to be even more abusive. So I, I say it in the book and I also say it twice in the book. Think of better ways as send away spells mm -hmm. or binding spells, but don't do a breakup spell because it could put the victim, the victimized person in, um, a situation of, of danger. So anyway, that's what I'm talking about. Well, let's just say some woman stole the man that I was madly in love with and we were fine or we were happily married and had children and blah, blah. Yeah, you stole my husband. Yeah, I'll do a breakup spell. Yeah, but when you don't do breakup spells, and this is common, and I get a lot of clients that that are in this situation and i understand i'm not demeaning anybody but your boyfriend you and your boyfriend aren't getting along and it starts going downhill and then he breaks up with you because or she wanted i i shouldn't be you know gender i'm gender neutral he or she says um you know this isn't working out blah 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 blah, blah. so he and she finds another partner and they're happy I don't think that's reason for breakup because if you two get back together, that person's going to be unhappy again. So you got to think about it. And that's why I talk about justice magic. Okay. You don't do all this stuff on a whim ever, never, never think it through. Also think about who you're harming. So let's just say Gary that, um, and I always use Andy Garcia mm -hmm. <laughs> as an example because I got the hots for him really bad. So anyway, let's just say Andy Garcia is happily married. He's got young children and I decide I want Andy Garcia and I do breakup spells on him. That's not fair to the children. It's not fair to the wife. So who are you hurting? You know what I mean? So you always got to think about when you're doing negative magic, you always have to think things through. Who are you hurting? Can he like reverse on you? Back on you? Um, well, <clears throat> what I talk about is spells don't backfire. Mm -hmm. They don't backfire, but you can have karmic consequences. Now, hoodoo practitioners don't believe in karma, but I do. Okay. And because I've seen it too many times. And that's why you have to be justified. So when we're calling on whatever entity we're calling on, so if I'm calling on my spirit guides, right? If I'm calling on an ancestor, if I'm calling on a saint, if I'm calling on God, you know, I tell people in the book, always explain the situation. Always say your petitions out loud. Never silent stuff because nobody's going to hear you, right? Mm -hmm. But you explain the situation. All right. 
when I do spells for people, I always explain the situation, right, as a way to tell them, yes, I'm justified. And then I always say at the end, if it's justified. I always say that. I always stipulate. So a couple of times, and it's only happened a couple of times, um, you know, my readings, because I always do a reading before I, I do spell work, but, you know, sometimes when you're listening to these people and you feel so emotional and you're not paying attention to what spirit's saying, and it happened to me twice, and it turned out they weren't justified, and I did the spells and they didn't work. So that's why I, I stipulate if it's justified, right? I always do that to protect everybody involved, every single person. Now, I don't call on demons. I don't tell you how to call on demons. I I don't do any of those type of things. So I'm a hoodoo practitioner. I'm, I'm Christian. In Palo, we do have our own entities that we work with. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, this is not a book on Paolo. Okay. So this is a book on justified, um, vindication. Hmm. So let's say for example, I'm going out with somebody and they have a X lurking in the background and I want to get rid of that X. Would that be a breakup spell or some type no, of spell? No, that would be a send-away spell. Send-away spell? That would be a send-away or a binding or a banishing. You know, that would be the type of spell that you would do, right? I mean, if someone's lurking and bothering you, I would do a binding spell, you know, to keep that person away. And I do have a few binding spells in there. They're not really, really harmful, but they do bind the person. I have spells in there to stop gossip, right? And what do a lot of us encounter? So a lot of us encounter group attacks, right? And, you know, I try to tell everybody, you don't do spells on every single person in the group. What you do is the ringleader. That would be your target. Mm -hmm. Usually when the ringleader goes away, so will the others. But if you have an assistant to the ringleader, yes, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of scapegoating. There's a lot. I mean, people may not like you because um, you're different. You know, for me, I've always had problems my entire life. You know, I'm, I'm a minority. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm Afro-Cuban, so... You know, are there prejudices? Absolutely. Absolutely, they're prejudices. And, you know, I've encountered them to this day. To this day. And I, I talk about that in, in my book, Hoodoo Justice Magic. You know, how one neighbor, you know, started this whole thing against me because I'm the only non-white, well, I was, no longer, but I was the only non-white person in, in the neighborhood. And that was tough. That was really, really tough. Did I immediately do this and that and that and this? No, I waited and I waited and I tried everything. I tried logic. I tried this. I tried that. 
you know, and finally I had to do something. I absolutely had to because it just got out of control. Hmm. So, you know, you can be um, stigmatized because of your nationality, because of your skin color, because of your philosophical or religious or political beliefs, right? Um, you can be um, ostracized if someone's trying to get rid of you in their job, in the workplace. And I do have a lot of things that you can do in the workplace, but it's just very, very easy to be the scapegoat because what do they do? You know, usually the ringleaders are bullies. You know, they never grew up from, from high school. Right. Right. And, you know, they, they want to pick on somebody. So they try to find the weakest link. In my case, they feel I'm the weakest link because I'm not married and you know, I'm a widow. Right. So I live alone and it's like, oh, okay, you know, we can get her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there's different situations. Maybe somebody has a physical handicap. Right. Um, there, I mean, there's a zillion reasons, a zillion reasons that groups will will attack you. So I have things for that. I even have prayers. I've even found psalms designed specifically for that. And just so that people know, if you want to find a book of spells, go to the Bible, whether it's a Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament of the Christian Bible, Psalms are basically spells. What's the difference? You're calling on God's help. Right. You know, and I, there's nobody, nobody as big as God, you know, unless you're pagan and then you got God goddess. Hmm. So when using spells, should a person try, um, you know, regular means of solving a problem before going to a Absolutely. spell like, like should you try like talking to a person or Absolutely. going to a boss or um, trying all you know re should you exhaust all other options before using something from hoodoo justice magic absolutely 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 and that's what I always try to do you know I you know and what usually happens but you know what I try you know what usually happens I'll give you an example okay so I've been going to this kennel for 13 years mm -hmm. and there was a bad experience and they decided to ban me, but there was more to the story. Okay. One of my, my puppies was, was hurt very badly and, um, it cost me $500. I had to do uh, pre and post x-rays. He was, um, defecating blood. Um, he was screaming in pain and, and they didn't do anything. They didn't even tell me. So, you know, I got banned from the kennel anyway, cause they didn't like the, the female puppy, but I called headquarters, right? And I told them everything that happened to my puppy and I had receipts and I had vet letters and everything. And they basically told me, don't let the door hit me in the ass on the way out. So, you know, it, it's kind of sad because I've got loyal, I've had all this loyalty to them, right? And this is what I got in return. And 
now do I want revenge on these people? Not headquarters, but the revenge. Because we figured out that my my boy puppy was manhandled. It was handled very badly. It was a, a serious elbow injury. Why he was defecating blood <clears throat> is because I told him he was a puppy. You've got to water down the kibble, let it get soft, right? They didn't do it. So, I mean, this was, in my opinion, not only negligence, but abuse. And how do they get away with it? By telling me, basically, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. And that could be part of the reason I was banned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, am I going to seek revenge? Yeah. Why? Because you know what? They did it to me. They're going to do it to other dogs, too. And I read the reviews, and because uh, there's new owners, right? I read the reviews, and it's like, wow, horrible reviews. You know, the, the old owners, because these are franchises, mm-hmm. the old mm-hmm. owners were phenomenal, you know, but the new owners didn't care that I was there for 13 years, didn't care about anything, and headquarters didn't care at all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to seek revenge, but I'm justified. Not only am I justified for what has been done to my puppy, but I'm justified for what they're going to do to other dogs, too, and what they have done based on what I've seen in the reviews. Hmm. Um, so, like, when, like, the word justi- you know, justified, does it mean, like, like you're mentioning, like, uh, you know, like it's going to happen to other people, you know, and things like that. So, so when you cast this spell, what kind of results would we expect to see? Okay, that's a very good question. It goes back to what I'm saying. Explain to the entity for whom you are seeking assistance. Explain everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... There are times that the punishment is harsher than what the the deed was done to you. Okay? Why does that happen? Because you only know what was done to you. You don't know what that person did to others. Mm-hmm. Okay? So many, many times when you're bringing it to spirit's attention, oh, you know, John Doe, he, you know, let me look at, oh, he's hurt this person, that person, you're not the only one. So a lot of times spirit will take it in their own hands and give that person what they deserve, which was a lot harsher than what you expected to happen, right? But overall... You know, the the deed was just done to you. It's got to be an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It it, it just, there just can't be any other way. Is, um, when we cast these, like when it happens that way, like an eye for an eye for tooth for tooth, you know, to me, it sounds like like we're, we're, we're looking for vengeance. We're inflicting suffering upon a person who's inflicted suffering upon me and other people. 
Do these spells also bring about not just suffering, but a correction so it doesn't continue to happen? That's a really good question, and that I don't know. I can't answer that question. I would certainly hope so, but usually when you're dealing with these type of people, you're either dealing with a psychopath Mm -hmm. or a sociopath. In most cases, right? Do they change? Never. You know, so I, I can't answer that question. I have seen a couple of times, and I do talk about this in my book. Okay. There is an, a situation where there was this woman and she was mean, 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 mean to everybody. She was very jealous. She was this, she was that, blah, 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 blah. She kept hurting one person after another, after another. Now, she didn't hurt me because she knew I was a witch, okay? But she hurt all these people. So I did a mirror box spell on her, and that is in my book, Hoodoo Justice Magic, a, a very, very easy spell to perform. Mm-hmm. And so I put her in a mirror box and what does a mirror box do? So everything that you do to others will bounce back to you, right? So I put her in a mirror box, put the mirror box in the freezer and all these bad things started happening to her. Now, you know, was I justified? Yeah, because she was hurting a lot of people, a lot. Okay. I felt justified even though nothing to me personally was done. So anyway, she changed her ways. She was so nice and so humble and begging me to help her. She didn't know I was the one that performed the spell, right? Mm -hmm. But she knows I'm a witch. Begging me to help her. You know, this happened, that happened, that happened, this happened. And honestly, I thought she had changed her ways. I mean, she was in a state of desperation and a state of despair. And she sounded like a little girl. And this just went on for days and days and weeks. And please, I'm begging you. And this happened and that happened and that happened and this happened. So I undid the spell. And I talk about it in my book. And all the energy came out. She was not back to normal. She was worse than she had been in in the past. It was like all that energy that was in that box went to her and rejuvenated her and made her stronger and more evil. So I don't know if these spells will change people for the good because once again, When you've got people that are that corrupt, most of the time they're either sociopaths or psychopaths. And just so that you know the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath is, a psychopath is born wired wrong. Mm -hmm. And a sociopath, it's learned behavior. But the the, um, personalities and the thought processes are the same. So with a psychopath, it's, it's you know, you're wired wrong. It, I, I feel bad because it's not their fault. But for sociopaths, I don't feel bad at all. 
And scientists are now saying that, you know, 25% of the population are, are sociopaths. Because we're in a, in a society now of entitlement. Wow. Um, when, so, so when we're looking at doing it, like one of the things I'm thinking as, as you're talking, we're calling upon these entities to do this work. And like your example with, with the mirror box, um, why does God or these entities to begin with allow these people to exist and do harm? And oh, then forcing us into a situation or somebody like you in a, in a situation where it, you have to intervene to get them to recognize, you know, or, you know, sort of humble them a little bit. So, I mean, to answer the first question, why, why did God, why did God allow this? Yeah. I mean, that's the big question. <laughs> I mean, my answer is he gave us all free will. Mm-hmm. He gave us all free will. I mean, if we, if we want to go back to the biblical times, <clears throat> I think we're being tested. I really, really do because God brought us all here. It's my interpretation to love him, to worship him, but he gave us free will. So, you know, what's the bottom line? Are you going to follow his path? Are you going to follow the bad path? That's, that's up to them. Although again, Gary, I, I, I think with, in the case of psychopathic behavior, I can't blame that person. They're just wired wrong. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's not their fault. Right. But I mean, we could get into biblical talks about Satan. You know, I mean, we could say, well, you know, Satan tempts us. So what's stronger? You know, you're, you're given to your desires or love God. Hmm. You know, there's a Psalm, Psalm 37. It's an uncrossing psalm, so it's 40 verses. I have it in my book, uh, Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. So, you know, these these uh, psalms were written by King David. You know, some of them were written by Moses. So, you know, a couple thousand years ago, right? More than a couple thousand years ago. What? 25,000? <laughs> 25,000 years ago. <clears throat> Not thousand. It'd be 2,500 years ago. Yeah. Or 3,000 because we're already in the year 21. Well, anyway, you guys get the drift. So reading Psalm 37 has 40 verses. And, you know, my clients, and, you know, when I, I send them uncrossing kits and they have to sit in the bathtub every night and read Psalm 37 out loud, which is 40 verses. You know, usually they're calling me up and going, you bitch, you know, it's <laughs> really. but I'll tell you that Psalm works. Psalm 37 works. And, um, that Psalm blows me away because it talks about the evilness of some people. And I swear to God, it seems like we're talking about the same people in the year you know, mm-hmm. 2022 in the 21st century. Yeah. 
that's pretty weird. So not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess some of it is timeless, that's for sure. You know, he, he t- there's there's a verse in there about, you know, the evil people, they, you know, they spread themselves like a bay tree, you know, and I think about gossip. I think about malicious gossip, mm-hmm. you know, spreading themselves out and, and all that. And, you know, but, you know, the wicked will, will perish. The wicked will perish. You know, we just don't know when, but um, I'll tell you what, that psalm always works for uncrossing but you have to do it 13 days in a row you have to say the psalm out loud it's exhausting so there are times that you know i have to make a doll of a person and uncross them and and actually make a bath for the doll and bathe them Mm -hmm. and and i got to say the psalm out loud and the weird weird thing is gary is Every time I do this, which isn't often because I encourage people to uncross themselves. Okay. And you'll find all of that in Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic because it's more effective. It's much more effective if you do it yourself. That was the whole reason I wrote the book because right. I got tired of people getting screwed over, you know, with, the, with all the frauds that are out there. Right. You can do this yourself and it works. And I've helped thousands of people with that book, Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. Didn't cost them any money at all to do it themselves. But getting back to the ones that use my, you know, or do, getting back to the ones that I have to do it. Like say, for instance, you're married to, to Jane Doe and Jane Doe doesn't believe in magic, right? And you know that she's got some bad stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. Then I would make a doll and do it myself because we know she ain't going to do it, right? And the interesting thing is every time I do this, after 13 days, good luck seems to bestow upon me. It's just bestowed upon me. All these wonderful things happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I make out of it is, eh, you know, there was some negative energy in the house and, you know, uncrossing this person in the interim because I'm saying these psalms out loud, right? I'm clearing up whatever is surrounding me too. Is it the opposite with cursing? Is it the opposite with cursing? Yeah, when we're we're cursing somebody, are we inviting negative energy? Okay, so I do have in, in Hoodoo Justice Magic all the ways to protect yourself, okay? Because what you're doing is you're putting out negative, you're outputting negative energy, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that none of that, those energies remain in the house, remain on you, okay? The other interesting thing, and this is a really good question that you asked, Gary. The other interesting thing is, even if you're just praying the psalm, one of the psalms, the cursing psalms, there's always evil entities lurking around. Hmm. Wonder what she's up to. Right? So you have to protect yourself and then you have to cleanse the, the area, the workspace, everything, the room, everything. You have to cleanse it so that there's, if there are any negative 
energies, which there will be, mm-hmm. but in case there's any negative entities also, you get rid of them. And all of those instructions are in the book. Hmm. Um, when doing some of these or summoning some of these spirits, entities, guys, angels, or whatever, saints, does a person need any type of spiritual authority in order to get these spirits to respond to our requests? Or is, do we have to, um, you know, almost like threaten them to bend to our will? Or they Absolutely just do it willingly? Absolutely not. I, I always, always, always emphasize to be respectful, to be humble, <clears throat> to beg like a child. It's the absolute different, you know, it's a rule with me. Um, at no time ever do I ever know more than a saint. Do I ever know more than a holy entity? I'm a piece. They're the ocean and I am a grain of sand compared to them. Mm-hmm. Right. So you speak in respect as a child is speaking to their parent. You ask, you beg, you plead, you never command or demand or anything. Now, ceremonial magicians, that's a whole different story. They're dealing with demons. Okay. So they can demand and command and all that stuff, but I'm not in that place. I am working with the holy entities. Now, guardian angels, guardian angels are just there to, they're not just there. Guard, the assignment of guardian angels is to, they protect us. Okay. So, you know, we're given a guardian angels at birth and, you know, they're, even in death, they help us cross over. So, um, spirit guides, spirit guides, I always speak to with respect. Spirit guides come and go, right? They're there when you need them. Um, I don't know how long they stay. I mean, I, I would guess that it depends on what the situation is. Right. So, um, but I, I don't know who they are. I would certainly speak to them with respect if it's an ancestor. And, you know, this is another thing that I always stress. Know who the ancestor is. Don't be calling on any old ancestor. You got to know who they are. Okay. So golly, if I'm asking my mother for help, I'm going to speak to her with respect or my grandmother. I mean, any, any ancestor. No, I never command or demand ever. I'm the, I'm the opposite. So you, you asked about authority. So different saints, um, rule over different domains, right? So, you know, for instance, if you lose something, right? Everybody knows this. That's, that's Catholic. You pray to Saint Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the domains, right? (laughs) So Saint Rita. Right. St. Rita, one of her domains, you know, she helps abused people. Right. St. Dipna, she she helps those that have psychological problems. Um, St. Jude, St. Jude is for hopeless causes. St. Joseph, St. Joseph is about family and homes. Right. So St. Peter, he opens doors. So, I mean, 
you know, when you talk about authority, I imagine you mean, you know, specific domains. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not going to call on, um, I'm not going to call on St. Rita to open the roads for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call on St. Peter. Right. Right. And so on and so forth. So I can get St. Peter to change those traffic things. lights for me. Pardon me? I can use St. Peter to get those uh, red traffic lights to turn green. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you something that's, that's funny now that you mention it because, you know, I am a Sandetta and I had a little Elegoa with me and I was driving. It was the weirdest thing. So Elegoa, you know, one of his PS21 paths, but one of them is um, he opens the roads, right? Mm. And we were stuck in traffic. It was the weirdest thing I ever, ever, ever happened to me. Well, no, it is not the weirdest, but it was kind of cool. So I pulled him out because I was transferring him from one place to another. I pulled him out and I went, you know, Bubba, me, my father, right? And it's like, look at this traffic, you know, please clear the roads. I'll be a son of a gun. Within five minutes, the roads were clear. It was really, really cool, you know, so... I'll have to try that. Um, so what is it, what's in it for the saints to help us? Like what is their motivation to respond to our request? Or is that the reason they exist in, to begin with? Oh, boy, I have no idea, Gary. No clue. <laughs> no clue. That's almost a religious question. And I think a priest could answer that, but I can't. Hmm. I'm sorry. We just know. I mean, it's whatever they did in life. So, you know, um, San Alejo. I talk about San Alejo in 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 the um, in the book. So San Alejo, Saint Saint Alec, and um, he was like super duper, super duper rich, right? And he wanted to to live a life of of charity and all this other stuff. So. He decided to go off and and be humble and be poor. And um, so people chastised him. He went away. Nobody knew him, right? And he um, he went away. And people treated him awful. I mean, just awful. He was shocked because he lived a privileged life. I mean, he was super duper rich, uh-huh. right? So he chose this life. He chose this life and he knows what it's like to be ostracized and chastised. He knows this life. So that's one of his domains. You know what I mean? So if you're, you're treated like crap, you know, by a neighbor or whatever, then you go to the San Alejo. You know, from my understanding, St. Rita was abused and that's one of her domains. So it could be whatever they, um, whatever path they led in life or what they chose, right, while they were alive. Now, there's other entities that, you know, I, I don't know how it happened. You know, like St. Peter, right, he has the gates, the, mm-hmm. the pearly gates. He has a key to the, the pearly gates. I'm not real sure what that has to do with roads, but um, he's, he is, one to open the roads for you. I mean, that, I've seen some incredible stuff with, with, um, St. Peter. 
I've seen some incredible stuff. I had uh, mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. client that um, she was living at home, couldn't find a boyfriend, living with her mother. She felt horrible, couldn't find a, a boyfriend, couldn't find a job, nothing. And she did a novena to, to St. Peter. And next thing you know, she sends me, um, I don't know if it was a PM or whatever, email, whatever. And because I hadn't heard from her in a while and St. Peter came through for her and she got a super duper great job as um, a sought after photographer and she travels all over the world and she's happily married. And, you know, that's one person that, you know, is a, a very wonderful ending to that story. Had another client, and I've talked about this on other shows, she was homeless, literally homeless, living in her car, one bad thing after another. And uh, I get a little bit upset when I talk about this one because mm -hmm. I didn't even get a thank you or a screw you, but um, I did all this stuff, you know, with St. Peter for her. And she ended up being a hot shot manager at a very, very posh um, salon that only celebrities go to. Hmm. And I found out through her cousin. But St. Peter comes through. I mean, look at what he did. Interesting. And those are just two examples. But you got to have faith. Mm -hmm. You've got mm -hmm. to have faith. Because if you don't have faith, ain't nothing going to work. So, so you have to believe that these things are going to help. Yeah, you got to believe in you know the per, the entity that you're praying to. You got to have some sort of um, connection, right? And that's why I always tell people, don't just start praying to a saint that you don't know, you've never prayed to. They have no idea who you are. Light a candle just to honor them and introduce yourself to them. Let the candle burn you. I always say a vigil candle. Mm -hmm. And the way I put this to people is, and I, I, I've said this before too, and I'll, I'll say it again. So if you and I didn't know each other at all, and we walk the same path every day down the street, mm -hmm. and I go, here you go, here's a candy bar. Oh, that's nice. What's your name? My name's Aida. Hi, my name's Gary. Hi, Gary. So I see you again the next day. Hey, Gary, here's a candy bar. All right. Happens every day. Now you're looking forward to seeing me, uh -huh. right? Because you know I got a candy bar. <laughs> and one day I'm broke. I don't have lunch money. I say, Gary, you know, I see you on the street. Would you mind lending me $5? And you'd be, you'd probably give me the five dollars. Yeah. Okay. Now let's change the situation. You and I have never seen each other. We're walking down the street. Hey, can you lend me five dollars? Okay. Be honest. You ain't gonna do it. <laughs> You're not gonna do it. It's the same principle. When you light that first candle, if you know, and I, I have this in the book, strategize, do this, do that. So let's say hypothetically, I've never prayed to 
St. Martha. I've never prayed to St. Rita. I've never prayed to St. Peter or whomever. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would light a vigil candle and put a glass of water there every single day, a fresh glass of water. And when I talk about a vigil candle, I'm talking about a glass and case candle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, St. Gary, you know, my name is, is Aida and, and, you know, I'm, I just want to introduce myself and here's this candle to honor you. Here's this fresh water to honor you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, I say a little prayer and then I do this every day until the candle burns out. Right. Well, you, St. Gary, now know who I am. Now I need your help. Okay. Now I light another candle and then I start my petition to you. You're more apt to help me. But for me to just put out a candle and, hey, St. Gary, you know, I need da, 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 da. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. So, so the, in that respect, they want to be more, you, you want them to be familiar with you before asking right. them for something. That, that makes a lot of sense. That is a great analogy. And I, I tell people this too when they're first putting up an ancestor altar, you know. Don't just start doing this and that. You know, light a candle, put fresh water, talk to them, blah, 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 blah. Don't ask for help. Don't ask for help. You know, let them get used to you mm-hmm. and where they're, they're, you know, where you are, who you are. It applies to everything. Hmm. That makes a lot, a lot of sense. You know, like I know my mom used to use the St. Anthony thing all the time. She when she would lose something, she would say something to St. Anthony like three times and then kind of forget about it. And then whatever it was she was looking for usually showed up within like three days. Wow, that's cool. And I have that in my book, <clears throat> Who to Justice Magic too. Your petitions should be allowed three mm-hmm. times. And oh, wow. that's what my mother would always talk. Three times, three times, three times. And interestingly, I talk about... Uh, Nikolai Tesla, mm-hmm. the famous scientist, what did he say? Three times, three times. It's like, okay, you know, witches and, and brilliant genius scientists have a lot in common and your mother. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom was like diehard with the number three. Like, like that was like mm-hmm. a, this sacred number for her. Like she always said, good things happen to three, bad things yeah, happen to three too. That was wow, another thing that she true. used to say. That's true. And it's in my book. Always do things in threes. Because that's where the third thing, bad thing that happened, happened, and you know, three good things are going to happen. And, yeah. And so on. You know, well, like, that's my thing, too. You know, you, if you screw me over three times, you're out. I, I don't argue. I don't anything. It's like three strikes, you're out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just walk away. The hell with you. You know. And uh, the other, what's the other saying? Three times a charm, right? Yeah. That can apply to negative or or um, positive. Is that have any relation to the Trinity, like the Holy Trinity? It could, I could, but you know, I mean, I don't think that Nikola Tesla had that in mind because he talks about you know the number three, six, nine, all divisible by three. Mm-hmm. And Nikola Tesla once said. If you only knew the beauty of three. And uh, every time he'd go for a walk, everything was done three times. Everything he did was in threes. Mm. And we're not talking about witchcraft. We're talking about the scientists that invented all the stuff. Yeah. 
Although he he did say that a lot of his ideas were like almost channeled to him. Like he he would sometimes credit like receiving information from from aliens and angels and stuff right. like that, rather right. than him actually thinking of it himself. <clears throat> he believed himself to be connected to something outside of himself. Right, right. That's true. I always wonder why he had an aversion to pearls. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. I mean, if you came into his, if a woman came into his house wearing pearls, he'd kick her out. He wouldn't even look. He wouldn't even look. He'd kick her out. So I wonder if there's any, and I, I bought a great big book at Barnes and Noble last month on Nikola Tesla. And I got to see if there's anything in there about pearls, like what, what that was about. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if pearls have any type of specific meaning. I don't know. I I don't know what pearls are really used for in magic or anything. Nothing bad, but for some funny reason, you know, he knew something we didn't know. Hmm. That's strange. Um, So, when doing a spell, do I ever have, like like in your book, you say like, is it you know as long as it's justified to kind of keep the whoever's doing the spell I guess out of trouble? Is it possible to do an unjustified spell and then have negative repercussions? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Karma has a way of biting you in the ass, you know. So, so, so I shouldn't do like a spell that you know. Hoping that like, a hammer falls on my bo- boss's head or something like that. No. <laughs> I mean, something's going to happen. Something's gonna, I, mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been screwed over, even to this day. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to go around cursing everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and sadly, these people know that I won't. You know what I mean? So you really have to hit me really hard for me to do something really hard. Is it possible to unintentionally curse or put a spell on somebody or on yourself? Um, you know, on sometimes you see a lot of memes now about, like, you know, the idea of spelling. The word spelling means spell and it's like in the magic form. Or using curse words is actually a curse. Is there any truth to those? I I think if it's unintentional, no. Not at all. The only thing that I have a problem with that's unintentional is if you're... And I I, kind of discussed this with you in the beginning. Well, I mean, before the show. um, Don't be saying demonic names out loud. You know, I, I just think that's really, really bad. Because they view it as an invitation. Now, um, on those lines, you can unintentionally invite demons in other ways. And, you know, I talk about that in Voodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic. So those are the times that you can unintentionally do something. Um, I give you all the signs, you know, what, what do they see as an invitation, even though you didn't. Mm-hmm. But 
to unintentionally curse somebody, yeah, that can happen. That can happen. But is something going to happen to you? No, because your intention wasn't there. Hmm. Like, like, like the example I'm thinking of is like, say I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off. So I curse them out and give them the finger. Am I actually putting a curse on that individual? Yeah, you can because what you're doing, the finger has nothing to do with it, but your anger, your anger has something to do with it. And you're delivering it. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can, you can do that. Anger, anger throws out negative energies. It really does. Now, if the person's aura is nice and shiny and bright, nothing's going to happen. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. just, you know, and I have all of that covered in, in hoodoo cleansing and protection magic. You just spray yourself with Florida water, or holy water, or, you know, something, and, and it, it'll go away. Cause it's, it's like particles. You know, I always look at energies as particles of dust, you know, so just cleanse yourself with a little holy water or Florida water to get rid of it. But yeah, you can you can unintentionally do. But you know, honestly, you're mad and you give a finger. That's not quite unintentional, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I mean it, it is and it isn't. You know, like like sometimes like I'll get mad and curse to somebody without even thinking about it. It just happens. You know, it's like automatic for me, especially driving. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, be careful. Be careful with driving. Be careful with driving. You just never know what's out there, but that has nothing to do with witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I I used to be one of those road rage people. Okay. And uh, I learned my lesson because, um, and this happened years ago, but um, my road rage almost ended me getting killed because we were in in a traffic jam. And this guy got so pissed off at me, he got out of the car and put a gun to my head because my window was down. Oh, wow. And that was the last of my road rage ever, 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 you know. And uh, now when I get pissed, I just beat the horn. Yeah, I don't even, or I'll just, you know, talk to myself and I'll say, what an asshole, what Mm -hmm. a son of a bitch, you know what I mean? I mean, I learned a long time ago, road rage can get you in trouble. Hmm. And I had to talk my way out of that one. He didn't care. He didn't care we were going to traffic jam and there were a zillion witnesses. He was going to blow my brains out. Wow. That's, that's extreme. Yep. So in that case, if somebody does something like that to you, does that, is that a justifiable spell or curse? No, he didn't do anything to me. He just scared me. Now, you know, I talk about when somebody threatens you, you know, I don't, again, we're going to the other book, you know, mm. Hoodoo Clinic Protection Magic. You know, if someone, thre- well, no, no, I talk about it in Hoodoo Justice Magic. You're right. You know, when someone threatens you, you don't automatically curse them. You put up protection. You know, it isn't until there's an act. I'll give you an example. And again, this has nothing to do with witchcraft. So some idiot called the police on me (laughs) for no reason at all. And the police came and automatically I was a bad guy because 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, they even made a comment, made a nasty comment to me about Mexicans in the neighborhood. And I'm not Mexican, but that's mm-hmm. what they thought, you know? And it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. I mean, there was nothing the police could do. I'm gonna get him. So he ends up trespassing on my property and he's banging on my door. So I call the police mm-hmm. on him. And I was smarter though, because I showed the police that I was an Air Force veteran. You know, I talked to them. They knew I was an E, you know, had been an ER nurse. And he ended up suffering the consequences because they said, if you ever put one foot on one blade of her grass, we'll arrest you. So that was kind of like, Wow, that was righteous vindication. All it has nothing to do with magic. I mean, it was just kind of cool. You know what I mean? But it goes back to your original question. How do we solve things non-magically? Because you can't solve everything with magic. I don't do that. I don't live a magical life where everything is resolved by magic. Do you know how exhausted I would be if I were to be practicing magic, practicing magic, Magic is output of energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that'd be a lot of energy if we lived every moment in magic. So does that mean I'm better off going to work every day to make money rather than casting spells to make money? Uh, no. I mean, what I always tell people is your magic should complement your behaviors and your behaviors should complement your magic. So, you know doing spells to make money and then being in great demand to work, the spell's working, right? Mm-hmm. How, it, how about doing a spell to make money without having to work? I think that spells, I shouldn't say I think, spells provide opportunities for the spell to manifest, okay? So I have a lot of people that come to me and ask me to perform money, you know, money spells on them and they're broke, right? It's like, why are you spending your money to, you know, for money? I, I won't take them. I'll do money spells for clients that I know have money. You know what I mean? Right. That, you know, the little bit that I do charge, because I, I don't charge much for a money spell at all. You know, $30, $35. But they have to, you know, I have to know them. And I have to know that they can afford that 30 or $35 spell. Okay? Um, otherwise, I refuse them. I refuse. Especially the ones that say, I have no money. I need money. You know, my biggest thing is, don't be paying people for lottery numbers, please. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, this one root worker who's such a fake and he's got a big, big following, you know, he's always doing lottery number spells. Mm-hmm. And at one time he was so broke, I was helping out him and his family, sending them stuff, you know. I would, I would give him money too. And I'd be sending food and everything else. Like, and he's selling lottery, you know, 
there's just no such thing. There's no such thing because if I were selling you lottery numbers, I mean, if I won the lottery, I would be on the beach in Monte Carlo. And I've said this before, and I would have all these really handsome, hunky men giving me massages <laughs> and feeding me grapes and, you know, giving me my pina coladas through a straw, you know, uh, I wouldn't be wasting my time <laughs> selling lottery numbers. And what would that do, by the way, to the lottery system if everybody won? <laughs> that, is, in my opinion, is bullshit. So now, are there spells to increase your chances? Mm. Yes. You know, um, you have to be specific with that, too. I was telling a friend, or not a friend, yeah, a friend. I was telling a friend one day that, Saint Expedite, he's one that you can pray to for, for money. And I had a lottery ticket, you know, please let me win the lottery. Please let me win the lottery, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I won the lottery. And this is why you have to be specific with your petitions because I won $25. So my spell manifested. I won. <laughs> okay. You have to be specific, but don't waste your money on people that do that or you know here are your lucky lottery numbers yeah right if everybody won the lottery then they would just be getting their lottery ticket money back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like not playing the lottery or the states would get wiser and get you know make it 10 numbers or 12 numbers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enhance your opportunities. You know, there there are gambling spells. I mean, you know, in all honesty, I would take a, a mojo hand with me whenever mm -hmm. I would go to the casino. And it really did help a lot. But it didn't make it that I walked in the casino and all this money came at me. Mm -hmm. It just enhanced my opportunities. You know, I'd get right. feelings about what blackjack tables were good. I get feelings about what um, slot machines were good or what roulette tables were good. You know, it does make you a little bit luckier, but what I always felt with my um, mojo hands, I felt a change in my aura. I felt my aura brighten. Mm -hmm. I don't go to casinos anymore. I, I've got to be one of the only people on the planet that walked away way ahead okay and i quit years and years and years ago but um you know when you have a bright aura you're going to attract good things and that's what i feel these spells do some of it too i uh, you know you you mentioned that like you know if we're asking for something on a spell that the action has to match you know the request so sometimes I believe that when we, when I, if I'm going to do a magic a, a spell asking for something, it is also my job to keep my awareness open too to look for where that might be working for me in my life. Like where are these opportunities coming up in my life from this particular spell? Because if I'm not looking and taking advantage of the opportunities that the spell is giving to me then it's not going to make any sense to do it to begin with. 
I'm I'm not understanding the question. Um, like like, like my actions have to match the, the spell. Like if I do a spell and I'm not paying attention, looking for the opportunities that the spell is going to give me, then the spell oh. is not going to work. Absolutely. So you know, if if you uh, cast a spell to to get a job, but you're not sending out resumes, you're not exactly. going to get the job. Again, yeah. we go back to your behaviors have to complement your magic and your magic has to complement your behaviors. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah, I think a lot of people, when they hear the word spell, they think they say a few magic words, light a candle, and then sit back and it's going to happen. Well, again, that spells take energy. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, you know, candles are energy. Yeah. They are energy. And, you know, sometimes if a person, we're talking about negative magic, if a person's aura is already dim, right, it may just take a candle. But if their aura is nice and bright and shiny, it's going to take a lot more than a candle. Yeah. And I explain that also in Voodoo Justice Magic. Awesome. So the, you know, if you're going to, to do something on a, a sociopath, what makes their aura bright and shiny? And when I keep talking about the aura, that is your protective shield. Okay. So in my opinion, sociopaths get a bright, shiny aura when they're hurting somebody, when they're double crossing them, when they're screwing them out of something. So the more that they, you know, are able to do this, the brighter their aura becomes. So it's going to take a lot of magic. And I always um, compare this to putting straws on the camel's back. You have to keep at it and keep at it and keep at it until the camel's back finally weakens and collapses. But if a person's aura is already dim, right, and a candle alone could do it, it, it could um, be the topping on the last straw that broke the camel's back. So it just depends. Yeah. Is there ever a time when um, a spell is going to require so much energy and is so complex that it's just not worth doing? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. I guess that's when you pay a, a spellcaster to do it for you. And and there are times that people can't perform spells because of the, the family unit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, th- those are times. I have to tell you, I charge a lot, a lot, a lot for my cursing spells. I charge $1,100. But I work on it two months. Okay? Because I have that straws on the camel back mentality. i got to do one thing after another thing after another thing after another thing after another thing. And let me tell you something. I get, you know, I I usually have to take a sleeping pill at night because I'm an old woman now. (laughs) And uh, us older people have a little problem. I put out so much energy that I'll just say, let me sit down for a minute, you know, when I'm done. And boom, 
I'm out for the night. That's how much energy is outputted. And that's why I charge so much for my cursing spells. And that's why I deter people when they want to curse somebody. And that that's part of the reason I charge that much also, you know, because you get a lot of people that they're not justified. I imagine it was like 50 bucks. Everybody would be doing paying you to do curses, you know? Like, yeah, my boss, my, my, my school teacher, my whatever. And I got a few people in mind right now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, if it was like 50 bucks, everybody would be cursed. And I guess if it was easy too, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there are some spells in here that, that, aren't that hard, you know, I got, cause these are hoodoo spells. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I tell people in the book, you know, hoodoo, hoodoo goes back to the slaves that were brought from Africa here. Right. And their religion eventually evolved into to hoodoo. And it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a folkloric magical practice that um, is forever evolving. And, but I talk about when the slaves were here, they didn't have very much to work with. They worked with what they had. So did they have all these specialty oils? No. Did they have all these specialty candles? No. Did I even give an example? It's like, you know, I give an, an example in, in hoodoo justice magic. So, you know, when they were forced to churn butter and they take some of that butter and and mold it into the image of the slave master and then, you know, inscribe the name on it and, you know, put it over a frying pan and burn the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they worked with what they had. So that's what I tried to capture. I try to in all my my hoodoo books is, you know, there there are some very non-complex spells. A lot of it is your intention. A lot of it is the energy that you output into this. When I'm performing a negative spell, I scream and yell and yell and scream. If I'm performing a a love spell, I get all lusty. And if I'm doing a, a lust spell for somebody, I actually get myself all turned on sexually because I'm outputting mm-hmm. that energy. Hmm. I think I have to watch you do a lust spell sometime. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be watching an old woman do this. <laughs> I remember a long time ago, my husband and I went to um, to Monte Carlo. And I don't know if it's still legal now, but back then... These, these women would come out in their, out of a building with their suits on. They were working, right? Mm-hmm. And they go to the beach and they'd immediately remove their tops. And I was like in shock, you know, oh my God, everybody's showing their boobs, which wasn't a big deal over there, right? And my husband says, don't get any ideas. He says, I don't want you arrested for insulting the public eye. <laughs> 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 That's funny. <laughs> you would 
Italians are really, he was Italian. He was, he cracked me up. I mean, he was funny. <laughs> yeah, we are funny, sarcastic people, that's for sure. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, one of the things, like, like when I first interviewed you the first time, I was a little bit confused between the differences between hoodoo, voodoo, and Santeria. And, um, like, like do, do they, what are, you know, how are they different and do they ever have any areas where they are the same? Yeah. So when the Africans were taken out of Africa, you know, some were brought here and some were brought to other places. Okay. So you've got Haiti, you've got, um, um, Cuba, you've got Puerto Rico, and so on, right? Uh, Brazil, mm-hmm. right? They have Candomblé. So, what happened with with Santeria and Voodoo? You know, we're talking about Haiti, we're talking about Cuba, we're talking about Puerto Rico, and all those. So, what they did was they assimilated their religions into the religion that was being practiced in that country. So they were hiding things. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of synchro, it's synchronizing. Okay. They synchronized. So, um, one of the saints may resemble one of their orishas or entities or whatever they call them. Okay. So, um, for instance, um, in Santeria, you know, the Virgin Mary, Boy, she has a lot of attributes that are similar to Yemaya. So now Yemaya and the Virgin Mary are the same thing. So in front of their masters, mm-hmm. she's the Virgin Mary, but behind the master's back, she's Yemaya, right? And so that becomes a religion. So we got Santeria, so the worship of saints, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of African, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of African influence in Santeria, as there is in Voodoo. Okay, so if you look at the entities' names in Voodoo and the entities' names in, in Santeria, um, they're similar. They're very similar. Oh, yeah, that, that, you know. So that is a religion. Okay, when with African roots, right? And the same with Palo, it's a religion. But, you know, then they went to other parts, you know, and and you have Obeya, which is not a religion. You have Hoodoo, which is not a religion. So, you know, they're, um, it, let me go back. So Santeria and Voodoo are African traditional religions you got things like obeya and hoodoo right that are not religions they're african derivative traditions they're folkloric okay what's a commonality well you know when i when i learned hoodoo it was like wow there's a lot of paulo and santeria in here you know, and that's what I was raised with, Palo Santeria and Brujeria, right? And, you know, Brujeria meaning witchcraft. And, mm-hmm. you know, when it came from Cuba, 
you know, because brujeria is practiced in, in Mexico. Brujeria just means witchcraft, but the Latinos want to claim on that word because it, it seems to, um, because it's in Spanish, yeah. we, you know, we attribute it to Latins, but, um, the Cuban brujeria is so similar to Palo and Santeria, but it's a folkloric practice. And so is hoodoo. So what do they all have in common? They all have in common the African roots, the African core beliefs, the African core magical practices. And that's the difference. So voodoo, santeria, religions, obeya, brujeria, um, hoodoo, those are folkloric practices. Folklore. That clears it up. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you don't need to be initiated to, to be a hoodoo practitioner. You have to be initiated to be a voodoo priestess, mm-hmm. uh, a priest to priest, I should say, or a priest to priest of Santeria or a priest to priest of Palo. You have to be initiated. You don't have to be initiated in Obeya. You have to be initiated in, in hoodoo. There's no initiation. Is there any animal sacrifice in hoodoo? And that's what I love about hoodoo. No. That's awesome. I couldn't kill an animal. Oh, God. I, I, I was getting, and that's why I left and went to, migrated over to hoodoo because I just, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. So bef- I want to thank you for coming on. And before thank we, you for having me on. And before we wrap it up, Where's the best place for my listener, the f- listeners to find you and find your books? Okay. Well, you know, I, I have instructional videos that you can go on my Facebook page mm-hmm. and look at all my videos. And I, I do a live event every other That's Sunday. Right. You're unblocked I, now. Pardon me? You're, you're, you've been unblocked or whatever they did to you for a while. Then they, didn't Facebook like ban you from doing live videos? Oh, no, no, no. Because, yeah, I... I picked up one of my puppies seven weeks old and their little pee was showing and I got I got blocked for from doing anything for a month which is ridiculous okay that's what it was a dog yeah. I was wondering what it was you know from what I understand the people that police us are not from the United States <laughs> So their cultural beliefs and ours mm-hmm. are different. Wow. You know what I mean? And, but yeah, now that was that was a while ago. So you can go to my Facebook page and yeah, you know, I'm always on that Facebook page anyway. Just do not ask me for free magical coaching or else you will get banned from my page. But I give a lot of witchcraft tips, hoodoo tips. Every other Sunday I do um, a free live event and I teach you something. You can go to my Facebook page and Look at the past videos. I think there's 25 of them now. We can learn a lot, a lot, a lot. And it's free. And that's Facebook. It's Miss Aida Psychic is mm-hmm. my Facebook. And if you want to buy one of my books, just go to Amazon. All right. I will Miss put the Aida. links on uh, in the notes to this episode so my listeners can check you out on Facebook. And I'll also put a link to your uh, Amazon page as well. So they oh, can and don't forget my website, MissAida.com. And your website. <laughs> You're everywhere. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. And I'm, <laughs> I'm nowhere. And 
Um, I will be on television probably in October and a Discovery Channel. Really? And this weekend um, is a different thing in Saginaw, Michigan. We're going to be on the big screen in, in the theater, cool. the Temple Theater. And this is a different thing because mm-hmm. um, I, I specialize in in um, eradicating entities and identifying them. So it'll be kind of interesting. You know, I, I saw a little preview and... I was like, oh, my God, you know, could they possibly catch any more wrinkles? <laughs> That's the problem with high definition, right? <laughs> Good God. I'm not really not looking forward to this, honestly. I think mean, it was like it's almost like they put an electron microscope up to my neck. You know. <laughs> Will this be shown anywhere else after that? So um, I guess it's um, the one for this Friday, um, and and I'll have to email it to you. I guess he's it's I think it's going to be on Prime or mm-hmm. something. I don't know, but the one in October, we're pretty sure it's going to be aired on October. Is going to be on Discovery. Channel. Yeah, then that'll be on Discovery, and then on their on-demand stuff as well afterwards probably yeah so um yeah but like i said um i was so busy looking at my wrinkles that i didn't pay attention to anything else i grew a beard to hide my wrinkles and my double chin ah yeah i can't do that (laughs) no I'd like to, but I can't. <laughs> See, that's the, the thing. You guys um, have all these ways of hiding stuff. Mm. And us women, it's like, where it was screwed. Well, when, when the stuff on my side of my face starts going bad, then I'll have to grow my hair long again, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then I'll just be all hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on. It was a pleasure having you. And hang on for one moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life.